Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. Tussles over abortion rights in Missouri are nothing new. For historical perspective, we have longtime St. Louis public radio political reporter and as of March, St. Louis Media Hall of Fame member, Joe Manis. I talked with Joe yesterday and noted that the drama last week over the future of the Planned Parenthood location in St. Louis drew national attention. But I mentioned to Joe, it's not the first time Missouri has been near the center of the national debate over abortion rights. Not at all. In fact, in the 1980s, I'm going to skip around a little bit, but in the 1980s, there was a number of court cases that originated in Missouri. This is, again, when the Republicans were in control of most of the statewide offices, and um, and Bill Webster was the Missouri attorney general and looking at running for governor, and he was a very staunch social conservative, and there were several cases that ended up before the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, including one— uh, Webster versus Reproductive Health Services, which basically set the stage for most of the statewide regulations around the country mm. as far as the Supreme Court ruling gave the states, um, or at least from the conservative perspective, more power in trying to regulate or curb uh, uh, abortion activities or abortion rights in those states. Uh, and this was this suit was filed less than a decade, about around a decade after the original Supreme Court ruling, Roe v. Wade, in 1973. So what is it about Missouri that makes it this kind of a battleground on this particular issue? Well, it's kind of fascinating. Um, Missouri has off, long been a socially conservative state. In fact, in the 1980s, what I just mentioned, uh, the Democrats were control of the General Assembly back then. And... Uh, Rural Democrats were just as socially conservative as um, rural Republicans back then. And uh, so for decades, uh, abortion in the state was more of a geographic or religious issue than a partisan issue. So it wasn't unusual to have Republicans and Democrats on both sides. Oh, that's interesting. Because you used to have suburban Republicans uh, who— in the General Assembly who were a bit more flexible when it came to abortion rights. And uh, now there's virtually no suburban Republicans in the General Assembly. There's a few, but there's also virtually no rural Democrats in the state. And so now it's become coupled with what started out as an issue that centered on religion and um, when does life begin and various debates over that. It became then caught up in the partisan debate on a number of uh, issues, many of them social, that have split uh, not just on political lines, but on geographical lines. So broadly speaking, nationally, uh, we think of abortion rights debates as a highly partisan situation. In, in Missouri, you really have to look a little closer for those opinion fissures and, and where people where people are divided? Yeah, especially when you go back, I said, a few decades. I mean, what's, what's intriguing is that before Roe v. Wade, there were some uh, pastors and religious activists in the urban areas who had been helpful in, for women who needed abortions, um, helping to—it uh, it, it was sort of a—I um, uh, a mean, a, a getting these women to states like New York— which already had some form of abortion rights. So there was uh, transportation and things like that were done in the 60s to help out um, some 
women. And again, this started in some uh, uh, more progressive churches in the 60s. Before Roe versus Wade, do you, yes. do you know offhand how far one had to go from Missouri to, to get a, a safe legal abortion? Well, to get a safe legal abortion, for the most part, you had to go to New York. Wow. The, the state of New York was one of the few states that had some sort of um, uh, abortion rights back in the 60s. And again, it wasn't blanket, but the point was that you could often find someone. Now, in, in St. Louis, as in many urban areas, there was the whole, you know, illicit um, abortion providers, people who were physicians or not, who um, would provide illegal abortions. But, you know, those often did not have great outcomes as far as health uh, for the women. And um, so that's one of the issues that sort of propelled the Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 in the first place. Um, is that there had been some cases, and it wasn't just about abortion, but the point was there were some a number of high-profile cases dealing with um, uh, women who were trying to end their pregnancies for various reasons. There was this huge um, uh, international controversy over a drug called thalidomide, mm-hmm. which had been given to women to uh, early in pregnancy, supposedly to help morning sickness, and it turned out that it... Um, did horrible things to the fetus. And so you had women who were trying to get abortions when they found out that um, they had taken this and that this and that they were seeing that some babies were being born with uh, very serious... Horrible birth defects. Yeah, horrible birth defects if they lived. And so there was a high-profile case of a woman who went overseas to get an abortion, and there was a... Uh, she was uh, being um, charged here, I mean, in the in the United States, but I'm, I'm just mentioning that as the backdrop uh, so that when Roe v. Wade was decided, there was all this stuff going on. I mean, I was in college when Roe v. Wade came down. Uh, so, uh, and, and it only had been in the middle 60s, uh, people forget, uh, when uh, birth control was legal. Um, so it had not, so Roe v. Wade came not that long after uh, the courts had ruled that it was legal for women, including unmarried women, mm-hmm. to get uh, birth control. So this was all part of this movement at the time. And you had, uh, though, a number of social conservatives, some of whom were not keen on birth control, and that's kind of come back again, but also who were just concerned about where they thought things were going, where they thought things were going too far. Um, Missouri was actually one of the hotbed for some of the big uh, demonstrations, uh, some of the big protests back in the late 70s and early 80s. We used to have huge ones. And in fact, um, Ann Wagner's mother-in-law, Loretta Wagner, uh, who has since uh, died, but Loretta was a major national and regional player on the abortion issue. Uh, I would say that her status was similar to Phyllis Schlafly, but Loretto's Loretto, who was a devout Catholic, it was about the abortion issue. And she led a number of major protests, um, efforts in the General Assembly. Again, it was bipartisan, where the, uh, and the Catholic Church was uh, helping her. So there was this whole push that started with, um, wasn't just Catholics, it was also evangelicals, but in Missouri, Missouri has a large Catholic population. Mm-hmm. So again, this started out as as a uh, religious debate. Yeah. Uh, well, as you mentioned, primarily you know, evangelical uh, Christians had a huge 
have played a huge role in the, in the conservative movement, of course, over the past several decades. Yes. And as you mentioned, in Missouri, we, of course, also have a lot of politically conservative Catholics. Um, what do they find common ground politically, those two groups? Well, I think on this issue they do. On some of the other issues they don't. I mean, because Catholics, uh, I mean, as the church is against the death penalty. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's some other things where um, ev evangelicals separate from that. But when I was in the Post-Dispatch Washington Bureau in the early 80s and covered um, annually the big abortion march, national abortion march in Washington because Missouri has, and Southern Illinois had such huge contingents. And at that time, Missouri you know, had two senators, John Danforth and Tom Eagleton, a Republican and a Democrat, and they were both against abortion, even though they were on different sides on other issues. And they used to hold these joint meetings with the marchers from Missouri. They would have like this town hall in one of the uh, Senate office buildings or something. It'd be huge, packed. And um, so it was a whole, the climate was different uh, as far as, I mean, what I'm saying is it was not a partisan issue. Uh, people, and, and there were people on both sides who either supported uh, reproductive rights or who did not for, and, and often for um, religious reasons. I mean, Tom Eagleton was, was liberal on many issues, but not on abortion. And you mentioned you've seen maybe the the erasure of the of the rural urban split yes in, on this issue or at least uh yeah i think what's happened there's a couple things that have happened one is that um you know you we're talking uh, 46 years ago now uh since the the decision uh roe v wade since then uh birth control has become much more accessible and, uh, and, and so that, and now some of the opponents of abortion are meshing the two together because some opponents of abortion are also against some or all forms of birth control. And if you remember a few years ago, there was also a big debate on the morning after pill. Mm -hmm. um, that's what it's dubbed, Plan B, which now you can get over the counter, but you didn't used to. And uh, whether or not that, prevented a pregnancy from starting or was uh, something that halted a pregnancy. And, and there's still that debate going on, which is one of the reasons that you've got um, some social conservatives who were pushing in the Missouri bill to, A, limit it to uh, abortions to eight weeks. Be, that's before many women know they're pregnant. but uh, And that's still, I think, four weeks before, in medical terms, before the embryo is considered to even be a fetus. Uh, correct. And, uh, but there's a strong belief about that. But it's also, uh, you've got a number of the social conservatives who are pushing on this bill who also, as again, oppose some forms of birth control, like IUDs and others in particular. So this is. Does that objection come strictly from relig on religious grounds? Uh, well, those who oppose abortion, many of them believe that IUDs, because IUD prevents an imp implement implantation of a fertilized egg and so they see that as a early abortion okay i mean that i mean i'm boiling it down but yeah so that's and this debate let's say in the 1990s uh when mel carnahan was governor who was a rural democrat but he was very big on abortion rights and actually he set up a pretty expansive um planning a pregnancy planning program, I mean, in the state from the standpoint that you could get 
family planning. The state was helping give some money to Planned Parenthood to provide birth control. He was trying to do things to curb the number of abortions by making uh, birth control more accessible. Well, that became a huge, huge debate that went on for years in the General Assembly. And again, this was when the General Assembly was still run by Democrats, although it was narrowly. But you had a number of socially conservative or religious Democrats in the General Assembly who were opposed to it. So they ended up, the bottom line was, soon after he died, um, that program was ended. Uh, the General Assembly had hired lawyers to help uh, fight the family planning program because they saw it as giving money to Planned Parenthood, which they said supplemented what... Planned Parenthood spent on abortions. Planned Parenthood said that was not true. But my point being is that this is the kind of fight that was high profile, went on for years, and this was over 20 years before our current state. So Missouri, it's, it's often been uh, normal for the last month of the General Assembly, uh, every session, to revolve around some sort of abortion bill. Joe, the last thing I'll ask you, and from the perspective you have covering this issue over the years, um, where are we in that in that in that battle bet between these two sides? Is the, the foes of abortion abortion rights in a particularly strong position now, from what you've seen before, or do you feel like we've been here before and it's just a cycle? Well, I, it's going to depend. I think there's a couple things going on. One of it is generational. I think that you're seeing even in rural parts of the state again, young people, young women who are getting birth control, and they're rural too. Uh, and so they look at this issue different than the way their parents did. And I'm not saying they, nece they necessarily automatic su automatically support abortion rights, but they're looking at this issue with a little more nuance than their parents. And we're talking about and They've rural also grown Missouri. up in a world where birth control is available and exactly. affordable. I mean, if you look at the 2012 uh, Senate race, Claire McCaskill used the abortion issue as a hammer against Todd Aiken and ended up winning by about 15 points. And that was at a time when uh, the Republican nominee for president, Mitt Romney, carried the state by almost 10 points. So you had, you had about, you had a number, well over 100,000 people who voted for Mitt Romney and voted for Claire McCaskill. And the perception was it was totally on the abortion issue. Now this last time, even though, um, now U.S. Senator uh, Josh Hawley uh, posed abortion. It wasn't this big of, of an issue in, in the contest. But my point being that I think that it's become more nuanced in the state. And the fact that you've got the top one of the top Republican donors, uh, um, David Humphreys, mm -hmm. who's come out against the eight-week uh, uh, abortion ban. Now, he hasn't said anything about this other fight. But... That I think is the interesting is that in that you've got a donor who gives a lot of money to these Republicans who are now just back this bill and who are pressing a particular point of view, and that just shows some of the nuance because he's saying it needs to at least have uh, exceptions for rape and incest. So that's sort of the the new frontier for for anti-abortion rights activists. Right. Well, well, many of have always believed that. I mean, I've been covering this issue for, like I said, 40 years. Um, and nationally and in the state, there was often abortion active, anti-abortion activists who made it clear that they were even opposing it for rape and incest, but they were not pressing it as much because they were just trying to make gains 
and getting abortion restrictions passed. Now it's you know it's it's full blown. I mean their their belief is that uh, a a fetus is a fetus, and regardless of how it uh, became a fetus, it deserves protections. And so that's why they're going after. They want to prevent it against rape, incest, in many cases, uh, um, fetal anomalies or Down syndrome, um, other things that even 10 years ago they weren't mentioning in their fight over abortion rights. So that's how it's become, I think, much more all or nothing on both sides. And you're seeing this. Um, and you're seeing this in the presidential race. Uh, but particularly in Missouri, it's going to be interesting to see if this plays out at all in the governor's race. That's longtime political reporter Joe Manis. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.